Chapter Three of the House of Whispers by William Lacroix. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Seals of Destiny. Ten minutes later, she returned, panting, her face pale and haggard, her mouth hard set. For a moment, she stood in silence upon the threshold of the open doors leading to the grounds. Her hand pressed to her breast in a strenuous endeavor to calm herself. She feared that her father might detect her agitation for he was so quick in discovering in her the slightest unusual emotion. She glanced behind her with an expression full of fear, as though dreading the reappearance of that man who had compelled her to follow him out into the night. Then she looked at her father, who, still seated motionless with his back to her, was busy with his fingers upon something on the blotting pad before him. In that brief absence her countenance had entirely changed. She was pale to the lips with drawn brows, while about her mouth played a hard, bitter expression, as though her mind were bent upon some desperate resolve. That the man who had come there by stealth was no stranger was evident, yet that between them was some deep-rooted enmity was equally apparent. Nevertheless, he held her irresistibly within his toils. His clean-shaven face was a distinctly evil one. His eyes were set too close together, and in his physiognomy, was something unscrupulous and relentless. He was not the man for a woman to trust. She stepped back from the threshold and for a few seconds halted outside. Her ears strained to catch any sound. Then, as though reassured, she pushed the chestnut hair from her hot, fevered brow, held her breath with strenuous effort, and re-entering the library, advanced to her father's side. "'I wonder where you had gone, dear,' he said in his low, calm voice as he detected her presence. I hoped you would not leave me for long, for it is not very often we enjoy an evening so entirely alone as tonight. Leave you, dear old dad. Of course not, she laughed gaily, as though nothing had occurred to disturb her peace of mind. We were just about to look at those seals Professor Moyes sent to you today, weren't we? Here they are, and she placed them before the helpless and afflicted man, endeavoring to remain undisturbed and taking a chair at his side as was her habit when they sat together. Yes, he said cheerfully, let us see what they are. The first of the yellow sulfur casts, which he examined, bore the full-length figure of an abbot, with mitre and crochet, in the act of giving his blessing. Behind him were three circular towers with pointed roofs, surmounted by crosses, while around, in bold early Gothic letters, ran the inscription, S. Benedi Abitus Santi, Ambrosi de Roncia. Slowly and with great care, his fingers traveled over the raised letters and design of the oval cast. Then, having also examined the battered old bronze matrix, he said, A most excellent specimen, and in first class preservation, too. I wonder where it has been found. In Italy, without doubt. What do you make it out to be, Dad? asked the girl, seated in the chair at his side and as interested in the little antiquity as he was himself. Thirteenth century, my dear. Early thirteenth century, he declared without hesitation. Genuine, quite genuine, no doubt. The matrix shows signs of considerable wear. Is there much patina upon it? he asked. She turned it over, displaying the thick green corrosion, which bronze acquires only by great age. Yes, quite a lot, Dad. The raised portion at the back is pierced by a hole very much worn, worn by the thong by which it was attached to the girdle 
of successive abbots through centuries he declared from its inscription it is the seal of the abbot benedict of the monastery of st ambrose of rancia in lombardy let me think now we should find the history of that house probably in Sassolini's memorials will you get it down dear top shelf of the fifth case on the left though blind he knew just where he could put his hand upon all his most cherished volumes and woe betide anyone who put a volume back in its wrong place gabrielle rose and obtaining the steps reached down the great leather-bound quattro book which he carried to a reading desk and at once searched the index the work was in italian a language which she knew fairly well and after ten minutes or so during which time the blind man continued slowly to trace the inscription with his fingertips she said here it is dad rancia near cremona the religious brotherhood was founded there in eleven thirty two and the abbot benedict was third abbot from twelve eighteen to twelve thirty one the church still exists the magnificent pulpit in marble embellished with mosaics presented in twelve seventy two rests on six columns supported by lions with an inscription nicholas de montava memorius hoc opus fecit opposite it is the ambo twelve seventy two in a simple style with a representation of jonah being swallowed by a whale in the choir is the throne adorned by mosaics and the capella di san pantalone contains the blood of the saint together with some relics of the abbot benedict the cloisters still exist though of course the monastery is now suppressed and this remarked sir henry turning over the old bronze seal in his hand belonged to the abbot ambrose six hundred and fifty years ago and yes dad declared the girl returning to his side and taking the matrix herself to examine it under the green shaded reading lamp the study of seals is most interesting it carries one back into the dim ages i hope the professor will allow you to keep these casts for your collection yes i know he will responded the old baronet he is well aware what a deep interest i take in my hobby and also that you are one of the first authorities in the world upon the subject added his daughter the old man sighed would that he could see with his eyes once again for after all the sense of touch was but a poor substitute for that of sight he drew towards him the impression of the second of the oval seals the centre was divided into two portions above was the half-length figure of a saint holding a closed book in his hand and below was a youth with long hands in the act of adoration between them was a scroll upon which was written s c martin opn while around the seal were the wards in gothic characters seigel henrique flibane didolch this is fourteenth century pronounced the baronet and is from dulcigno on the adriatic the seal of henry the vicar of the church of that place from the engraving and style he said still fingering it with great care now and then turning to the matrix in order to satisfy himself i should place it as having been executed about thirteen fifty but it is really a very beautiful specimen done at a time when the art of seal engraving was at its height no engraver could to-day turn out a more ornate and at the same time bold design moise is really very fortunate in securing this you must write my dear and ask him how these latest treasures came into his hands at his request she got down another of the ponderous volumes of sassolini from the high shelf and read to him translating from the italian the brief notice of the ancient church of dolcigno which it appeared had been built in the lombard norman style of the eleventh century 
while the campanile with columns from pastum dated from 1276 the third seal the circular one was larger than the rest being quite two inches across in the center of the top half was the madonna with child seated a male and female figure on either side below were three female figures on either side the two scenes being divided by a festoon of flowers while around the edge ran in somewhat more modern characters those of the early sixteenth century the following sigilvim vicaris generalis ordinis Yeta, maria Damon, carmel this declared sir henry after a long and most minute examination is a treasure probably unequalled in the collection at cambridge being the actual seal of the vicar-general of the carmelite order its date i should place at about eleven fifty look well dear at those flower garlands how beautifully they are engraved seal-making is alas to-day a lost art we have only crude and heavy attempts the company seal seems to-day the only thing the engraver can turn out those machines which emboss upon a big red wafer and his busy fingers were continuously feeling the great circular bronze matrix and a moment afterwards its sulphur cast he was an enthusiastic antiquary and long ago in the days when the world was light had read papers before the society of antiquaries at burlington house upon medieval seals and upon the early latin codices nowadays however gabrielle acted as his eyes and so devoted was she to her father that she took a keen interest in his dry-as-dust hobbies so that after his long tuition she could decipher and read a twelfth-century latin manuscript on its scrap of yellow crinkled parchment and with all its puzzling abbreviations almost as well as any professor of paleography at the universities while inscriptions upon gothic seals were to her as plain as a paragraph in a newspaper more than once white-haired spectacled professors who came to glencardine as her father's guests were amazed at her intelligent conversation upon points which were quite abstruse indeed she had no idea of the remarkable extent of her own antiquarian knowledge all of it gathered from the talented man whose affliction had kept her so close at his side for quite an hour her father fingered the three seal impressions discussing them with her in the language of a savant she herself examined them minutely and expressed opinions now and then she glanced apprehensively to that open window he pointed out to her where she was wrong in her estimate of the design of the circular one explaining a technical and little-known detail concerning the seals of the carmelite order from the window a cool breath of the night wind came in fanning the curtains and carrying with it the sweet scent of the flowers without how refreshing exclaimed the old man drawing in a deep breath the night is very close gabrielle dear i fear we shall have thunder there was lightning only a moment ago explained the girl shall i put the cast into your collection dad yes dear moise no doubt intends that i should keep them gabrielle rose and passing across to a large cabinet with many shallow drawers she opened one displaying a tray full of casts of seals each neatly arranged with its inscription and translation placed beneath all in her own clear handwriting some of the drawers contained the matrices as well as the casts but as matrices of medieval seals are rarities and seldom found anywhere save in the chief public museums it is no wonder that the bulk of private collections consists of impressions presently at the baronet's suggestion she closed and locked the cabinet and then took up a bundle of business documents which she commenced to sort out and arrange she acted as her father's private secretary 
and therefore knew much of his affairs but many things were to her a complete mystery be it said though devoted to her father she nevertheless sometimes became filled with a vague suspicion that the source of his great income was not altogether an open and honest one the papers and letters she read to him often contained veiled information which sorely puzzled her and which caused her many hours of wonder and reflection her father lived alone with only her as companion her stepmother a young good-looking and giddy woman never dreamed the truth what would she do how would she act gabrielle wondered if ever she gained sight of some of those private papers kept locked in the cavity beyond the black steel door concealed by the false bookcase at the farther end of the fine old restful room the papers she handled had been taken from the safe by sir henry himself and they contained a man's secret End of chapter 3